Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I am Liz Loza. We've also got Matt Harmon and Scott Pianowski. And we've got Brock the Rock Osweiler going off against the best defense in the league, something we obviously all anticipated. But before we get started, we wanted to let Scott go on his rant of the weekend. Scott, what's bothering you today? (laughs) What's bothering me today? You know, Twitter's bothering me today. Uh, my neighbors are bothering me. But what's really bothering me is Todd Gurley is chewing up fantasy leagues. And I don't mind that. He's a great player. But the only way you can get Todd Gurley is if you have the number one pick in your draft because we should not be drafting. In fact, this is me ripping up my draft card. I will not do a draft next year. Don't ask me. Okay, I'm going to throw it in the air. Confetti is falling on me. I am an auction player only. I'm a DFS player only. I will not do these silly drafts. Because if you didn't get the number one pick, you don't have Todd Gurley, and you hate life right now. It's not fair. Oh, wow. I love the fire already. This is great. So, Matt, would you be an auction-only fantasy player? I I admire Scott's commitment commitment to this issue. and I love reading all of his auction content, uh, and I love doing auction drafts. (laughs) But I don't know that I could take such a strong stance as to do no drafts. But I see your point, though. It is very frustrating. Like That's what makes drafts or auction drafts so unique is that you can get your guy, get your guy and compile rosters that would be utterly impossible to do in just a traditional snake draft. You just league. have more strategies available. And the old auction, the reasons for not doing it used to be twofold. Either one, well, we've never done it before. We always draft. Or two, it takes too long. Well, here's the thing. It doesn't have to take too long. In fact, our great engineers at Yahoo Sports actually made more options available to how long you want to have the nomination period. If you actually want to nuke it at the fastest speed, you would be shocked at how fast an auction draft. I feel silly to call them auction drafts, but I know that's what we call them. They're not that much longer than regular drafts. So there used to be a reason why wow, we, we can't get everybody together in the same room. You can't do it online. It takes too long. Those things are out the window. I'll table this for now, but I'm coming hard at everybody next summer. (laughs) I'm going to make sure – I want the whole room to have a shot at Todd Gurley or whoever it is, whoever the great players are next year. I want a shot at all those guys. What's more disheartening than you get like that 11 pick and not only can you not get Gurley – but you're not getting Antonio Brown and you're you're not getting DeAndre Hopkins and you're not getting Ezekiel Elliott. I mean that to me is disheartening. I get it. You're a man of equality, fair chances. Are your neighbors not into, I mean, are your neighbors like forcing you to draft? Is that why you're irritated with them? 
Uh, they're bad parkers. They're lousy gardeners. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I like their kids. You know, if, if any of their kids come by and they want like money for uniforms or for a trip money for uniforms, friends, like are they peddling at your front door? No wonder. Well, you know, no, like, I support <laughs> the community. I'm very proud of the of the school system in, in this town, and and there's a really good spirit to it. The, it's, it's like they say with like you know high school sports and little league and stuff like that. The kids are great. It's the parents there that pay in the neck or. I'm saying neck, but um, the parents. Are but you meant ass. a different piece of anatomy because this is a G-rated show, and we do like the kiddos. We won't mention it, just like we won't mention the fact that Baker Mayfield did not produce, despite being quite a sleeper heading into this week. The Chargers went off against the Browns. Melvin Gordon, who I believe I think we can all agree is fantasy's second best running back behind Todd Gurley, who has forced. Scott into this auction only position. I'm 132 yards, three touchdowns, 18 receptions, and then Tyrell Williams, the wrong Williams, owned the end zone with two scores this week. Keenan Allen, four for 62, but no touchdowns. Matt, is he the Julio Jones of the AFC? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little unfortunate so far with. Keenan Allen um, and what's going on there. He did get a bunch of rush attempts, which was nice, almost like getting the Percy Harvin treatment. I think he had four carries on in this game. Tyrell Williams was interesting. I actually saw this uh, on Twitter that uh, Philip Rivers apparently said that pro football talk, or he told PFT that 80, the 89 yards and a touchdown on back-to-back throws to Tyrell Williams actually came against the same play against similar coverages. And if you look at the route charts from uh, Next Gen Stats, it is literally just the exact same play. So mm. Brown's defense really blew it in this one this whole offense though in LA is really interesting to me because Philip Rivers is kind of like the you know everybody's talking about Drew Brees and uh, Patrick Mahomes as MVP type candidates Philip Rivers comes into the and came into this game top three in touchdown rate top three in passer rating completing 70 percent of his passes he is sort of the rising tide that's raising all boats in this offense even if some of these guys aren't hitting as consistently as we'd like well was remember though okay those those efficiency stats are wonderful but when you only throw 20 passes like you did in this game and when you have somebody like Melvin Gordon who's just gobbling up the volume and gobbling up all the cheap touchdowns, I think it caps Rivers' upside. I think Rivers is certainly within the quarterback one cut line, but he's somebody to me that's always going to be in that 8 to 12 conversation and has almost no chance to be the number one quarterback because too much of this offense is going to go through Gordon. Yeah, actually, that that is that's a that is definitely a fair point. And Gordon, too, like he's been one of the few running backs that has hit outside of, you know, yeah, the Todd Gurley here and and a lot of it's because of the passing game coming into this week he was second on the team in targets behind uh keenan allen would gordon be the number two pick if we were redrafting today yeah would you take gordon ahead of kamara yes i think you have to matt is i'm thinking about it i'm I'm thinking about it but probably he's definitely safer yes probably knowing what we know right now today yeah he he, he's there and i think probably even barkley over kamara too well, Barkley's going to end up getting what hurt, a player so. Barkley is. I, I hate seeing him saddled by that offensive line and by Eli, but I guess Barkley's showing that even if you put him in a bad situation, he's still going to be okay. I, I mean, he's every Giants game is fun to watch, even if it's frustrating at the same time. I think that checkdown offense is working towards his production. It's only helping it. Yeah. I don't think he'd be uh, producing nearly as much or as consistently if it weren't for that O line. Frankly, I think he'd be great in any. I think you put him in any team, he'd be great. Well, let's talk about the Browns because that was this that was the matchup we began discussing. Um, I mentioned Baker Mayfield's struggles: two for forty-six for two thirty-eight and a touchdown, two interceptions. Landry only two of nine targets. Uh, Carlos Hyde fourteen carries for thirty-six yards. Interestingly, David Njoku. 
found the end zone. I think that he's someone that might be finally reaching the potential that many who had drafted or auctioned for him had hoped for. His upcoming schedule is sweet. He's at Tampa Bay, at Pittsburgh, versus KC, and then versus Atlanta. I love that schedule. Matt, you and I talked about him on your Halftime with Harmon show earlier today. Hashtag Halftime with Harmon. Watch it on, <laughs> watch it on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitch, Twitter, wherever you get it. Hashtag Halftime with Harmon. Uh, yeah, no, we did talk about David Njoku. He had 11 targets last week, 12 targets today, I think. So he's definitely getting the volume. Obviously, his touchdown came when the game was well in hand. But nevertheless, the peripheral numbers have been there all year with Njoku in terms of routes, runs, snaps, whatever. Now that Baker Mayfield's in there, he does seem to have taken a step forward. And and that is great at the tight end position that right now, as we head into this Sunday night game with Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski, our two top tight ends of the week are Austin Hooper and David Njoku. We need these sort of young guys to start ascending in their offenses and, and taking that step forward because the position is still definitely gross. But Njoku's a guy I'm I'm confident riding with right now as my starting tight end. Yeah, he's so – it's getting to the point where it's not even a start-sit question with Njoku anymore. If you have him, you have to look at him as the top five, top six guy. And Mayfield will make those throws. He'll make 50-50 throws with Njoku. He'll throw him open. He'll pull the trigger on throws that Tyrod Taylor will not – you know, would not do. I, you could see it the first time that Mayfield came in. I know Baker's had his ups and downs. He put a lot of points up in that Jets game. He did really well against Oakland, even though they didn't win. Disappointing today, but you know, you hear at Tampa next week, and you know that's just the the nectar from the gods. I mean, whatever whatever ails <laughs> you, it will be cured by Tampa Bay. And man, Antonio Cal- Callaway, call him Cab Callaway, is and get him off the field. Ten targets, what? only two catches, at least a couple of drops. I know he gets open, and that's part of the battle. You got to catch the ball. If I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm throwing the ball to anybody else but Callaway right now. Yeah, he's he has been a nightmare. They wanted to cut his playing time out, and they couldn't obviously because Richard Higgins got hurt. Higgins got hurt. Dave, the guy Willies or whatever who had a big play last week, uh, they had too. to put him on, or they had to displace him for a few weeks because. Uh, well, and then Duke Johnson issue. ended up yep. taking some of those uh, some of those looks. Which I yeah, guess I think totally see Johnson back in, back in the mix because he was kind of hard to start for fantasy, but a, a four for 73 game through the air, you would think a couple of long runs too. Matt, I think you you go to the Browns headquarters with some reception perception stuff <laughs> in your in your briefcase, okay? have Put some shoulder pads on, have a, a, like a kind of a bulky coat on and say, look, I've studied the receiver position. I, I played it, say, at Division Two. Say, say you ran after Adam <laughs> Thielen at Minnesota, and maybe the Browns will sign you up. I think there's like maybe a thirty percent chance of this happening. Dude, I would be like the slowest guy on the field by far. I have a decent stride, decent height, but not oh, a lot. Your of, hands, not if a you lot can of catch. Quick, if you can catch the ball, Matt, is all that matters. No, I got like thick hands, but not long hands i can't really grip the football well but do you think that your hands are big enough to steal some crab legs so we can move along to we're the not yes. we're not trying to measure you at the combine here we're just <laughs> trying to get you on a football field i i'm very happy with my current job if any of our yahoo overlords yeah, are yeah, listening that's true that's true you're doing a fine job for us so the bucks lost the bucks. a close one oh to the Falcons. When a game does exactly what you expect it to right it does indeed. I mean, Atlanta's backfield. Let's let's talk about this because it's a little bit interesting. Ito Smith, who has looked great, Brad Evans loves to talk about his yards after contact. He attempt. had a, got 11 rush attempts. Coleman, Tevin Coleman, only had 10. Neither one much yardage for the day, but they both scored. Smith, Judge Ito on the ground, and Coleman via the air. Of course, this, was, this all occurred without Devonta Freeman back in the mix. He's been dealing and struggling through a knee injury. 
Who do you like or what happens? I mean, I think if Freeman comes back, we all assume that he is the top-ranked player. But then I still continue to like Ido Smith. Well, Ido Smith is somebody that coming into the draft, I kind of liked the flashes you saw from him as Mm -hmm. a super small, like a unknown sort of player. I actually drafted him onto a dynasty team and had him on the taxi squad intended to hear nothing from him all year, but had I have brought him up because my dynasty team sucks at the running back position, as most all of them do. But I do think he is a player that we are going to be talking about in the future uh, because obviously we know that Tevin Coleman is a free agent after this year. He is unlikely to be back, I would assume. But Freeman's roster bonus is probably going to keep him around, but it's a bloated salary. I, again, I think you probably see him get cut after 2019, but he's so banged up that I do think this team is going to want to use Ito Smith more and more because he's looked good. Uh, but he's, I don't really think he's somebody that's like we're relying on in fantasy, but we are keeping our I don't eyes know. on I him. think Ito Smith is somebody that I would continue to keep. I mean, for instance, if I have Derrick Henry still, if I'm one of the 67% of <sighs> owners who continue to hold on to Derrick Henry and Ito Smith is an option as a stash instead, I'm going to hold on to Smith because we, we know that Coleman's running style invites injury, right? We've seen that in his rookie year. He could certainly get hurt. Freeman's got this knee issue and Smith has continued to look good in the red area of the field and get some goal line looks. First of all, I'm petitioning the Titan games are never televised for the rest of the season. I don't want to watch any more of that. I'm, I'm done with Mariota. I'm done with that offense. I, I know LaFleur may be able to figure it out, but I think Mariota's just pocket awareness is cooked right now. I, I mean, he gets sacked three times since we started this podcast. Here's my question. <laughs> 11 to times today. When when Edo Smith had that early touchdown in today's game, it was a nice run. It, it was a, he bounced a run outside and, and scored untouched from about 15 yards out or so. And I saw some Twitter smattering from people who I respect who were saying that Edo Smith has outplayed Tevin Coleman this year. Now, I, I know yards per carry and yards per catch are very noisy metrics. It, it, they're not even really metrics. They're just very basic one-on-one stats. But Coleman and Smith had almost identical yards per carry and yards per catch before this game. And Coleman has had the burden of, of having to handle the heavier workload where Smith a lot of times running against tired defenders, running against fronts that are set up to stop one kind of play and he runs something different. I'm not saying Smith isn't good, but I don't understand the current that somehow Smith is outplaying Coleman when I think they've both been about the same level of effectiveness. Do you think that Smith has actually been the better player to this point? Because I don't see it. I wonder what is that backed by? What What is the case for that? I don't know that there's – Flash? Yeah. They've definitely been flashy. Obviously, the touchdowns, I think, are what – he has the most touchdowns on the team. Uh, I think they both have the same amount of touchdowns. Yeah, you know, I'm you're, almost you're, positive they do. You're, you're actually – you're correct. You're correct about that. After today, after Tevin Coleman snuck that one in, uh, they are, the end, they yeah. are the both grid. Smith on a lot less touches. So it's – you know, he's getting more touchdowns per touch, which is something. But that's like how can you say he's outplaying him because, I mean, he's had – before today's 11 carries, he's had three, seven, nine, and two. Or he's two, also been close to perfect though, right? Like right. he converted three of three in the air last – week he caught his lone target so I think while you're totally right Scott that he has had much less playing time because of that he has been able to look better in the limited opportunities and because he has looked better his highlight reel is is better you know I, like, I don't I think see it's the better though again the averages are the same I don't what, well so when just, I say better I mean it's prettier right okay. like aesthetically he, to yeah. look at so we're, we're going with the nebulous eye test I'm not saying yes. that isn't that doesn't mean something because I think it does 
But okay, I just wanted to know what people were hanging their hat on. I, that that is something to me. I think the pecking order remains Freeman, Coleman, Smith. But to po- Matt's point, next season Smith certainly has an opportunity to build enormously on the foundation he built this year. But let's move on because y'all, Ronald Jones continues to troll me. Who is Ronald Jones? Oh my goodness! Is he... that a is that a real player or a? A fake Thanks, player. Matt. Thanks, Matt. I'm <laughs> here for you. I'm right across the, the dang the table. The linchpin of some fast food franchise or something? No, clown shoes? Uh, well, Peyton Barber, after today, was like, he's never been the answer. He will never be the answer. Went off for 82 yards on the ground, 24 through the air, and a receiving touchdown. Now, you knew against the Falcons that one of these backs was going to catch a touchdown, and you also knew it probably wasn't going to be Rojo. So <laughs> I am surprised, though, that Ronald Jones had such limited work because going into this week, Barber touches and snaps had decreased every single game. I'm still not biting on Barber. If people want to say like, oh, look at him, it happened. I would say, oh, to your earlier point, Scott, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the elixir for all things. Their defense. I mean, the matchup that this provided, there were so many opportunities. Uh, And and also, too, like getting success as a running back against the Falcons, it doesn't really count. Like, uh, it's they're so banged up in the front seven. And he still only got 13 carries. Jones only had one, but they're about even in the past game, four catches to three in Barber's favor. I, I, I would agree with you, Liz. I'm not going to be chasing Peyton Barber either. But the more interesting discussion to me is in the passing game. Um, Winston comes back. He looks much like Jameis Winston. Some very high highs, some low lows. Still QB1 performance overall on the week. Making Deshaun Jackson angry, having him throw temper tantrums because the two just do not link up, but who does? Although he did tie for the team lead in targets with uh, Chris Godwin. But how'd that work out for him? How'd that work out? Four for 77. But that was what was was interesting about this offense with Jameis back there is it was much more spread out. Scott always talks about narrow usage trees. We have Adam Humphreys, three for 82. Deshaun Jackson, four for 77. O.J. Howard and Cameron Brate both get in the box. Mike Evans, four for 58. There was one Bucks fan that was chirping at me after like the first two weeks. Like every five minutes would at me about the fact I didn't rank Mike Evans as a top five receiver. I seem to have not heard from him the last two weeks. If you're <laughs> listening, if you're listening to the show, angry Bucks fan, I, I would like you to return to the mentions. But anyway, I love how they go into witness protection program when it doesn't follow yes, what they wanted. It, it's you, been you, know, you told me before this game, and I, actually, I think everybody in fantasy football live tried to say this that James was headed for a game like three three ninety five and four. Because you guys all said he'd throw at least three. Yeah. I would say, great. Who do I link him up with in DFS? Is it Evans? Is it is it one of the tight ends? Is it Jackson? I mean, you know, I think is you it go even for Adam value, Humphreys? Right? Like you go it's for the amazing cheapest, how there was no quote-unquote right answer. There yeah. was no right answer in the in the DFS Buccaneers receiving game, even though Jameis threw for 395 and four. Now, there's no guarantee that it's going to always be like that. I mean, some weeks just Evans is just going to go off and school people. They had a couple of missed you know opportunities today. But if they're going to be this spread out, I mean, the thing with Howard is once he came back, you couldn't play Brait. I think everybody you know felt bad about that when Brait scored the early touchdown, but that was his only target of the game. And then Howard went back to being the better player that most people expect he is. So maybe Howard's arrow points up. He's back in the in the tight end top 10 top eight whatever it is next week but it was a little bit frustrating to me that i had some evan shares and jackson shares in dfs thinking i know this is a smash spot for winston winston did about what i expected as Matt said a couple of bad throws but 395 and four even in today's pinball universe that's a great outing it's just shocking to me that we got so little out of it for fantasy with barber i think a lot of it was he had a big run in that first series his 28 yard run was in that first series 
And that just establishes some traction. It kind of plants a flag. I think if Barber didn't do much in the first drive, then the, the second possession is a Ronald Jones drive. But because he was effective early, I think Tampa Bay decided to keep riding that for a while. I think it's also worth mentioning that both Chris Godwin and Deshaun Jackson had the same number of targets. They led the receiving core in targets with nine apiece, though Chris Godwin was more efficient with his looks, catching six uh, for 56 and a touchdown. Keep scoring touchdowns. you get you got to have He's Godwin good. over Jackson the rest He's of the also, way. Godwin is owned in just yeah, 44% of leagues. He is available in over 50% of leagues. Like, this kills me, and he is so dang good. And every time Deshaun Jackson has a meltdown, I think this only works in Chris Godwin's favor. Tampa Bay threw about 70% of the time today, play and pass, or a couple of Jameis runs in there. That's about the lowest percentage they're ever going to have because they can't stop anybody and they generally won't be able to run the ball, I don't think. So, this is this. The funny thing was, Jameis had a huge game on a day where they probably had the most friendly run split they're going to have for a while. This is just going to be. It's going to be the Andrew Luck offense, you know, 45, 50 passes, ice your shoulder after the game. So there's going to be a lot. And of course, they can't stop anybody. So God love the Buccaneers. God love the NFC South. And God be with Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu, both of whom had injuries. Ridley left with an ankle injury. He'll get an MRI on Monday. So we'll understand the severity of that shortly. And Mohamed Sanu also left with a hip injury. And I note that because a hip injury is what has limited over the pa- limited him over the past few seasons. And so recurring injury, he had now strung together four incredible games with either over 100 yards or a touchdown in each one. If, let's say, Sanu, who has been on the field for more snaps and elicited more targets, though not in the red area of the field, over... Uh, Ridley doesn't play. Matt, who are you thinking this benefits most? I think it's Austin Hooper. Yep. Yep. I would, I mean, nine catches in back to back games, I think. And I mean, he's been involved. He's somebody that people have wanted to take a step. So I think he's the guy. Okay. And Julio Jones, still no touchdowns. Maybe he'll finally get one of these two guys. One of these weeks, we're all going to be like, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. You know, he's going to do it. Okay. Julio Jones is a Hollywood sequel where they never change the plot. It's just the same story every week. I mean, look, <laughs> Ten for one forty three. How bad can you feel? I mean, he's and he's so dominant doing it. You know, it, it's not like he goes out and, and throws out twenty seven yards. He looks like the best player on the field, except when they get to the end zone. It's very strange. Scott, you mentioned Hollywood endings. The Steelers outlasting the Bengals in Cincinnati is an ending we've seen between these two teams time and time again. I want to talk about the backfield in Pittsburgh first. James Conner, another monster game, but. When asked about it after the game, Ben Roethlisberger said, well, yeah, it was great, but, you know, it's probably his last game. And then he backtracked a little bit, but I think that was an interesting tell. What do James Conner owners do now that Le'Veon Bell is supposed to return post by? Do you think he was kind of like trolling there a little bit? Oh, uh, Big Ben trolls. Yeah, Stop. I know. Stop. I mean, I know he's normally so forthright, but I, I don't know. Look, I have said from the beginning with this, you know, once once he didn't return for week one, I think all bets are off. I don't know that Le'Veon Bell is going to come back, you know, post by. Is he going to be? I don't know. Maybe. If I'm a James Conner owner, I'm just going to hold strong and see what happens because everybody else knows the same amount of information as, as everyone else. Everyone thinks that Le'Veon Bell is coming back after the bye. So I don't think you're going to, you know, pull the wool over somebody's eyes with a trade here or something like that. I would probably just admit to you know holding on with with James Conner seeing what happens maybe he turns up maybe he doesn't Scott I want to ask you about Tyler Boyd I was wrong about him I did not anticipate him finding the end zone in this one with Mike Hilton back but he found it twice 
Do you have any thoughts about his usage moving forward, especially since Tyler Eifert, the team's presumed second red zone threat to A.J. Green, is out? And, you know, yes, C.J. Uzuma is playing ahead of Tyler Croft, but I, I, it's hard for me to rely on Uzuma when Boyd is is owning the red area of the field. I think they're, I think Boyd and Uzuma are actually both great plays. Croft didn't play today, but Uzuma got 92% of the snaps last week in a partial Croft game. Boyd reminds me so much of Jarvis Landry. Competitive. Mm. He's got vice grips for hands. He's obviously going to win on the, out of the slot, a lot of option routes. He can score touchdowns, which is, I guess, the knock you always have with Landry. He doesn't get in the box enough. But this is a team with a lot of right answers on it. Boyd's the right answer. Mixon's the right answer. I think Azoma, maybe not a needle mover so much, but I think he's going to push his way into an every start position. And we talk all about those teams with the wide usage trees. This team basically threw the ball to four people today. And it's four people you play for fantasy, green every week, Boyd every week, Mixon every week. And with tight end, just a mess right now, I think Uzuma too. You throw in Bill Lazor, a very underrated offensive coordinator who's doing wonderful point. things yeah. with Dalton. I know just 5.5 yards yards per attempt, but Dalton's having a really good season. They get Mixon back. He's healthy, and they're not messing around with anybody else. I mean, Mark Walton only had two carries today. So the Bengals are saying, look, who are our best players? This handful of guys. Let's get the ball to these guys. It's not about the secondary players. It's not about the fullbacks. It's not about the fourth receiver. So we like it when we have a coordinator we can trust, a quarterback we feel good about, and a usage tree that is narrow. Cincinnati, even with the disappointing loss today, offers all of these things. I think this is a very bankable easy to project offense going forward. Another second wide receiver that seems to be an answer for a different team is Taylor Gabriel of the Chicago Bears. He was targeted 10 times back in week three and people started looking at that, seeing what was going to happen. And then in week four, caught all seven of his looks for over 100 yards. This week coming out of the bye, caught all five of his looks for 110 yards. He is owned in just 22% of Yahoo League's really flourishing in Matt Nagy's offense. Do you have any other observations, Matt, about the Bears offense? Or, you know what, hey, take a look at the Dolphins. I don't know if I need to take a look too much at the (laughs) Dolphins, but uh, that'd be a great win for them today. But I do think, I know watching this game wasn't always pretty for Mitch Trubisky, no doubt about it. I mean, still some throws that you're like, bro, what, what are you doing? But I do think overall this is an offense that has Stacked up two good performances back-to-back. Taylor Gabriel has been a big part of it, as you mentioned. Even the week before, he had that breakout game against the Bucs. Uh, he was a big air yards getter against the Cardinals. So the signals have been there a little bit for Gabriel. They're not just using him as kind of like a tertiary screen wide receiver or whatever. They're letting him go down the field because they don't have too many other vertical elements. Uh, Anthony Miller did make a play today. You know, he's somebody that a lot of people like, but I, I'm in on Gabriel as a pickup and, and someone that you can use. How come you're not talking about Albert Wilson? Well, I mean, I gave we, you the floor right we, here. Come I was going to want you to team me up about it. I mean, bring out the oh. sirens for Al, Al, Albert <laughs> it's Wilson. A bird alert. Hashtag bird alert, baby. Uh, woo, woo, woo. Bird. Yeah, I mean, producer this, Brett, can you get us a bird alert drop? We need a siren right. right there. All right. Yeah, there we well, go. Plus, everything that Matt just said about Gabriel also applies to Tariq Cohen, who had a big game against Tampa Bay, but it hadn't happened the first three games. Weren't sure if that would carry over after the bye. And they were using him as an explosive weapon. Plus, he got just enough in the rushing game. I mean, you never really hand the ball off to Cohen all that much. But he got five for 31. He snuck a touchdown in that part of the game. And then he gets 90 receiving yards. Tariq Cohen has gone from, hey, pretty kind of cool sleeper breakout player to, oh, geez, I can't trust him. Should I cut him? To now, I think he's actually a running back, too. If you have Tariq Cohen, unless you've hit green lights elsewhere at the position, I don't even want to talk about him as a starter next week. I just want you to play him. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Scott. Um, and yeah, Bird Alert, Albert Wilson, wide receiver one on the week. I feel like we should also have a Cole Beasley drop. Yeah, what was that? I mean, wide receiver two on the week, Cole Beasley. What? Don't, are we proving the defenses don't matter? Because the Jaguars are supposed to be the big, bad, nasty defense. And the Jaguars the just spanked them. Barely, barely jogged to get Dak Prescott. It, it, Did I they mean, come it, in the building? Were Jaguars spotted in, in the, you know, I mean. The effort was real low. If someone there? didn't watch the game, Jalen when you Ramsey look at there? this box score, if you're watching the game, they were, I don't know, like fifth graders running the 800 or whatever. I don't know that I'm buying the Cowboys offense, though. I'll, no, I'll say no, that. no, yeah, no. This yeah. was the Jags dropping a game. And I think we can move on. Um, we asked our users a question. We actually asked them to at us. Don't at me, bro. And at Harry Seal 561 said, I played a noon one, Cooper, for the second street week, and I'm going to go spend the next four hours peeling off my fingernails to replicate the self-inflicted wounds I'd like to give to myself. Ew. This was pretty confusing. That was graphic. Well, first of all, I'm assuming he means Amari Cooper, or even if he meant Cooper Cup, you can't really predict these injuries. I have a feeling it's Amari Cooper. But on, on the Cooper note, of course, like, yeah, he was injured. You can't really say too much about that. Anunwa definitely didn't. He's He has a hand injury. Maybe that's what's slowing him down, despite the fact that Jets had a great offensive game. But the Cooper part, I think even if he wasn't hurt, people were probably come, going to come out of this one tilting. Just Derek Carr not pushing the ball down the field at all. And I know he was a subject of trade rumors this morning as well. What a way it, to feature him. Yeah, right. Terrific. That That worked out well. I don't know what you do with any of these Raiders right now because this offense is a mess. John Gruden is a mess. The team, the team like was down 27 to nothing before they got on their first, got on the board for the first time on a field goal. I, I don't we're know. We're running out of countries because I've seen them play bad Max in Mexico in recent years. I've seen them play bad God That's knows in America. Point. And then they stink it up in Europe. I don't know. I suppose we're supposed to go to Las Vegas next year. I don't know where the Raiders can go. We're running out of places to throw them. I, this was one that I think the, I don't think they even got to London until like, Friday or Saturday, I think they left on. Why would you on, do that? Crate, with, with the culture insane. change, with the, with the time change. Oh, because you know Gruden so wanted stupid. to like probably spend a whole overnight at the uh, Hooters at the airport. W- wild, like so. When as soon as I heard that, I immediately bet on the Seahawks. Like, tell me that plus, next time you yeah. have that intel. Uh, you know, you, you I, have my I, phone never. Ne- next me. time I will. Just do you Snapchat guys want me? I know you're a man of many platforms. Use one of them to find <laughs> me. Scott knows I am very much online. Do you want to know how far? Derek Carr's average completion traveled today through the air. 0.1 air yards. Oh, His wow. Co- One chicken wing. Yeah. 0.1. Like one chicken wing. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys, I'm still in love with Marshawn Lynch. I think he looks great. Even if his numbers and the game script didn't work out for him today, he's going into a bye. He can rest his legs. He's got Indianapolis in week eight. I'm not afraid of that matchup at all. Um, so I'm going to continue to ride him. And if Amari Cooper is either knocked out past the bye week or gets traded or something else happens with him, I think that Jalen Richard is someone to keep tabs on because he could be a nice replacement uh, in PPR leagues. We've got two more questions coming from the users. Uh, this one from the tight about the Titans offensive line. This one comes from the same, the same game with did the Titans offensive line uh, not make the game bus 11 sacks, zero points equals 31 points against me. Come on, man says at Hughes, baby. I wasn't reading Twitter handles like always the weirdest thing in the world. I feel weird doing it. But anyways, I guess this person had the Ravens defense going against them. But I, this does beg the question. Does anybody have 
any confidence intervals left on the Titans offense to offer. I mean, Scott, please take this one. I know how high you are. How, how can you? I yeah, I try to rewatch every game or as many games as I can, and this game is screaming out not to be rewatched. As I said, <laughs> I want them to not televise the Titans. I want to burn this film. Keep in mind with sacks, okay, that every sack, every blitz comes with an indicator, and every play that does it that is dies in the pocket has a lot of fathers of that failure. It can be the, the wrong play was called. The quarterback didn't have the right protections adjusted. He should have thrown to a hot receiver. He didn't identify. Or just gotten rid of gotten rid of the ball or something like that. So as much as we like to say, oh, poor Marcus Mariota, eleven sacks, they had no chance. A lot of this stuff is on Mariota too. But unfortunately, the thing that really kills me here is that I think a lot of people can get away from Mariota easily enough, and you can say, okay, I don't trust these backs. I have to play somebody else. We wanted to believe in Corey Davis. He had a monster game two weeks ago. They beat Philadelphia. He scores the game winner on a grown man catch in overtime, and we're, and I think everybody universally is like, okay. Mariota is at least good enough now that we can go back to Davis. And if they're going to play this poorly, I think we have to put Davis on the bench until further notice. And that makes me sad because I still think he has breakout written all over him. But if we can't trust his line, if we certainly can't trust his quarterback, I don't know how we can trust Corey Davis for the moment. Well, his matchup next week against the Chargers is not great. And then he goes into a bye. Wide receiver is so stinking deep. You don't need to deal with the potential drama or upside that Corey Davis is portending to have. So I would say, you know, if you uh, are in a competitive league and your record is so-so, then go ahead and drop him and just keep keep loading. I would even drop him to load up on on running backs. I mean, Frank Gore is only owned in 10% of league and gets Detroit next week. Give me all the running backs. I would try try not to drop him. And I'll say why. Because if he has a big game, I think there's a a, a sympathizer, a truther, an apologist out there who might buy into it. I think he'll have cred that way. And I still think it's possible for him to become a top 25 wide receiver. I, I would be hesitant to drop him even in a shallow league. And I know, look, you can't keep everybody. You have to make some cuts. Stash everybody is the cheapest advice going. It doesn't help anybody. But I would try not to cut Davis. All right, let's talk about people we would like to pick up quickly. Ricky Seals-Jones, 21% owns tight end, is thin as it comes. He's been targeted six times in four of his last six games. He's got Denver on Thursday night. I'm buying. Are you guys? Yes. Rosen's looking a little bit better week in, week out. I think the the bagel against San Francisco was an excused absence. Their best tight end defender came back in that game. Yeah, I like it. I I think the seam throws are the things that Rosen is seeing right now. Again, it's clearing a lower hurdle because tight end is such skank right now. But uh, Seals Jones will be projected as a starter for me next week. Yeah, that's pretty fair. The guy uh, that you brought to mention, though, on the Arizona Cardinals, Christian Kirk, I'm a little more interested in. Well, then let me answer you. Let me ask you the question. He was actually on my pickups list heading into last week, but he's still owned in just 14% of leagues. It's Christian Kirk, the rookie who's had incredible chemistry with Josh Rosen. Um, yeah, all the hashtag it. narrative street on this one because, you know, they like our buddies. They try, like, Rosen tried to get him to come to UCLA. Yeah, there's so much there. That's legit. The I've talked to Christian Kirk yeah. and he like is totally about uh, yeah. He's 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 great. No, I really liked him as a prospect. Talked about him on FFL this morning. Talked about some of his reception perception notes and what makes him a really good player. And I think just the reason that, that he's jiving right now is because he is that safe pseudo slot flanker receiver that Larry Fitzgerald should be in Fitzgerald. I mean, 
39 yards today. He hasn't hit uh, over. He's not healthy. No, nah, yeah, I think. I, and I think it's so sad to it, watch it. it. It is. It sucks. It sucks after all this. But they get Denver on Thursday night this week, so that's why I think both of these guys are interesting because that Denver Broncos defense continues to be one that I don't really believe in. And on a short, I week. remember Kirk hit the home run in the San Francisco game. First play from scrimmage was a long touchdown. Very so true. it's not. Like, he's not just a nickel and dimer. He can actually hit His a home big run play for you as well. Some people, Scott, are advising to stash Donta Foreman, who will come off the pup from an Achilles injury in Houston. Um, But I know that you have some pretty strong thoughts about this. I should also mention that Lamar Miller has continued to struggle. He's inefficient. I think he's averaging over his last three games, 3.5 yards per carry, has not yet scored a rushing touchdown on the season. So the thought being Foreman could eat into his volume and perhaps even replace him. But you're you're saying forget this noise. I totally am with you that Miller is nothing special. Alfred Blue is nothing special. But I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I hate this offensive line. And when an offensive line struggles, you can mask it in pass blocking. You can find a way around that. When you can't run block, you can't run the ball unless you have some generation. I mean, maybe it's not going to sink Barkley in, in New York or something like that. But Foreman off a major injury with a coach I think is totally clueless. They're, they have the most unimpressive three-game winning streak I've ever seen. It feels like they should have lost all three of those games. I get it. If you're desperate, you're looking for a lottery ticket, you may just have a choice. I mean, this might be absolute skank on the waiver wire, but because of the line, because of O'Brien. Is that a thing? Can we just is, – is, is skank a thing that I'm we sorry. About I'm sorry now. to keep skanking up this podcast, but <laughs> – Better you than me. Better – yeah, better, better me than you. <laughs> Uh, look, here, here's here's the thing with Foreman. What I would do if I did stash him and it came and he came back, it announced he's going to play this week. He's going to start this week. The moment there was any groundswell of Foreman optimism, I would really try to trade him. I, I'm with you on this one. And you talk about that offensive line. Like you can't even you can't even pass for like they can't even pass protect. It's a nightmare. They almost lost to the Bills today if, if old Peterman didn't come through for them. <gasps> old Peterman. It um, is hard to watch. And I know part of it's on, painful, on dude. Watson, but Watson's just getting the tar kicked out of him. It's really painful to watch that. Well, we have to talk running backs because the position is so thin. Marlon Mack, 26% owned. Lots of questions. It's taken him a beat. But yes, that backfield is messy. He still had 12 carries for 89 yards. Are you buying Matt Harmon? I guess. I mean, with like <laughs> modest, modest uh, interest. Why are we talking about Frank Gore? I can't take this. Like, Fine, I don't, talk, I don't, talk about talk Frank about Gore. Gore. Don't I don't want to own like Marlon Mack. I don't want to own Donta Foreman. When Frank Gore has Detroit this coming week in week seven, they've given up the third most uh, points to the running back position. He's owned in just 10% of leagues. And then he went off for over 100 yards on the ground against the Bears today. I am tired of the ageism that is going on in this league. Give me Frank Gabrielle Union Gore all day. How is that going to age as the season goes along? Wouldn't you think that maybe? Who cares? What if people are in win now? I'm in a win now. Interesting. This game, the big play of this game was in overtime. Drake fumbles at the goal line. The game looks just about over. Drake's an inch from the from the from the stripe. He fumbles, and the Dolphins went back to Drake on the next possession, and he helped get them into field goal range for the win. I still still think they're going to have Gore involved every week, but it's going to be ten to twelve carries. Maybe he gets to 70 yards some week. Maybe some weeks it's 29 yards. There's no upside to it. I th- and again, I get it. Running back is such a mess. I- I'm not going to say any words I've been overusing this podcast, but it's a mess. But I just want my running back to have some theoretical upside. Gore doesn't have any. Well, I had to take off my earrings 
that's how heated I am from your response, Scott. So maybe we can take this offline. Taking off my earrings, by the way, is a whole thing. Yeah, I'm going to take off my jewelry, too. Hang, hang on a second here. I'm trying to be a bracelet guy. I got a bracelet. Bracelet. You now. do. Okay. Is that we, we can talk about your crystals later? Oh, all right. uh, my, nose meantime, ring, my nose ring is out. My belly button ring is out. My toe ring. They're, they're holy all out hell! So all of Scott's jewelry is out, and so are we. We'll be back on Thursday. Spread the word on social. Subscribe, review, do it all up on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And now, hey, we're on Spotify. So add that to the list, and you can submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. Matt Harmon will make sure that any. Anyone who's important sees them. I'm Liz Loza. Follow me at, at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's Matt Harmon at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and at Scott Pianowski. We out. Last week I dressed like Deshaun Jackson. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.